Hey, 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 hey. Check, check, check. Check, check. Okay. We're doing we're, it? We're doing it. I didn't bring my iPad. Oh, well. So, no theme songs. <laughs> what are you going to do? Can't you, can't you post that? <laughs> Just pipe, pipe it in and post? Or yeah, we... that's, that's what I always do. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe this is the episode without any theme songs. We don't have, we don't have time for posts. <laughs> no more time for that. I'm going to turn this all down a little bit. We're going to get excited. Um, cool. Do you want to we'll pretend to do the theme song? All right. Are you really going to do no theme songs in the whole episode? No, I'll drop them in. Okay. Whenever I edit it, it's going to be so long before I get to edit this. I haven't even edited the last one. Wait. Adventure Guys. Adventure Guys. Welcome to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human. I'm Nick the Human. And we've got a return guest. It's been a while since we've had a guest on the pod. We're very excited to have you here. Uh, Aaron. I'm Aaron the Human. Long time listener, second time guest. I think you were on our last episode. It was, I have it in our text somewhere, but it was like, Episode seventy-two, no, sixty-two. It was yeah. I remember it was shortly before our Jeff Rosenstock special. Yeah, that's right. Sixty-two. Right so you almost, you almost doubled it. If it was one twenty-four, you'd be doubled, and we're at one fifteen today. Or one fifteen. Yeah. All right. Well, I definitely feel like we've jumped ahead in the uh, Adventure Time universe because a lot of different things about this episode than uh, what I'm used to, what I've watched from the beginning. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't really go in order anyway. (laughs) Yeah, so it's it's just always a mind jumble. But I personally went in order. You you should go in order. Yeah. Yeah. That's the recommended way. I have gone in order. Yeah. It's not the most serial show ever, but there are definitely things, right? Well, you'll see as if you should restart, but especially season five and on, right, Eric, it really starts to get serial. Oh, yeah. So, like, this one has a lot of implications for things we've already seen as far back as season two and where we're going to go. All right. Well, um, but it's okay. And and as it goes, it gets real serial towards the end. Um, I heard somebody say the other day, it's like it starts as a kid's show, and eventually it's just something for sad, lonely adults. <laughs> um, I mean, anything that stays on the on the air for ten years is gonna age with its audience. Yeah, it should. <clears throat> Doesn't always, but it well, should. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, okay. So we could go right to episode discussion or. As we've been doing is sound talk. Do we don't have we don't have a sound talk uh, um, theme, right? Eric? And, and we won't because no, I'm currently too busy in the sound world to stop to make and make one. a theme song. Yeah, I'm too busy in the the world too. But <laughs> if you've been following along with us since the beginning, which we have a few people that have, um, we've Eric has. We, we, you went from like not a sound professional to like a bustling full time sound professional. I mean, working insane uh, hours every week. I've always, well, in the New York scene, it's a little bit different, but yeah, I mean, I, I've just sort of freelancing smaller gigs as a an engineer writ large, like studio and live. And now it's like my focus is weirdly like, you know, full-time live engineering and I don't have enough time for studio shit. Yeah. Hence the lack of theme songs recently. Yeah, but it's great. You've like gotten into this whole professional world sound. Sean went from, you know, making 
some record and stuff and now he's on tour we got we talked to him did we talk to him about coachella and everything on air no i think so we've been so irregular with our schedules since around then i know i can't remember so but aaron predated both of you as a sound professional and also worked at brooklyn bowl so it just seems like we should open the door um i wonder how many i always wonder how many as it because we always go deep and there's gear talk and i wonder what the adventure guys fandom thinks of it but um it's now part of our lore so sure there's some kind of venn diagram of of sound professionals and people who are into adventure time there is there was a front of house i really wanted to get on that i met and uh he was on tour of portugal the man now he's with m83 he was with charles gambino and he like sent me his in-ears were bemos no way <laughs> yeah and, How, like and he, he's like i just love the show so much that's so cute i'm like there there is some sort of vent like that's that's a fourth one we know of yeah um so anyway yeah um it, what sound talk i mean we did a lot of sound talk off air <laughs> we did we did do a lot of sound talk off air we were talking about a lot of griping that's really what a lot of li- live sound is is just a lot of griping because it is the less sexy of the two sound engineers right yeah. studio engineers you get on credits you're you're in the studio having fun it's a relaxed atmosphere you get to <laughs> you know kind of benefit from the 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 work that you do yeah you get to listen to it afterwards <laughs> live sound is something that is fleeting ethereal <laughs> the the show comes and goes and no one ever listens to it again and no one very few people consider the live sound guy and say hey you know what that show sounded really good because uh yeah we we've, we've talked a lot about it it's like this in people will go to a show and be like i didn't like that show or they'll go to another show and i like that but they, that's all they say but they i don't think they realize the impact that the sound guy truly like even sometimes me like the sound professional had on their enjoyment of the experience they can't identify why they didn't like it or they'll blame it on the band or whatever but like if you do have a you start to develop an acute ear. You, I think it all of a sudden you realize what an important role it plays. Yeah. This is one of the reasons I love doing lights now mm-hmm. is because it's so much harder to even pin down what makes a good or bad lighting director. <laughs> <laughs> like, and people do comment on the lights. They'll be like, the lights at this show were incredible. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, most of the times it's just kind of like blinky white lights and you can just <laughs> mash the buttons being a lighting engineer is much more fun. I, uh, yeah, I've heard people. There's some some bands have taken out lighting engineers before sound engineers. I've definitely seen at the label where like bands will be like, we didn't have money for like a crazy stage show, and and people at the label are like, I don't get it. Why didn't they do more and say? Why didn't they dress up the stage? Why didn't they do lights and this and that? And it's like, well, there's only so much money, and they paid a sound person to make sure they sound good. But like, to to some people, they're just like, make it pretty, yeah. razzle dazzle. <laughs> yeah. Some shows, you know, I think about like there's there's a much bigger wave of electronic music and dance music and things that are kind of bordering on like rock music, but mostly are in the dance music world. And like for those bands, you really hire the lighting director first, I think <laughs> like, yeah. Right. And any kind of like educated bear can push up the faders on, on, on a mixer <laughs> and, uh, right. and call it a show, but it's like, get your own IEM rig and hire an LD and then just let house guys do front of house. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The house guys are going to do a great job. Um, Aaron, you were at Red Rocks last week. I, mean, I was at Red Rocks. That's last a week. cool gig. That's a cool gig. I try not to miss that one. Uh, the band I work with, uh, Joe Russo's almost dead. Count Boom. It has a. We're we're doing a little promo here, but boop, yeah, boop, boop, boop. we uh, they they get out there at least once a year. So uh, 
I try to get out there when when they are, and because it's it's just beautiful. And yeah, yeah. Well, at least then there's some sort of enjoyment of if the gig is ethereal, you get an enjoyable experience along with it. Totally, totally. I'm I'm in a place now where at least it's not my hundred percent full time gig, and so I. It, it allows me to keep one foot in the rock and roll world, which, uh, you know, keeps me from getting too jaded and yeah. grumpy about it. Totally. Which I was at one point. <laughs> I mean, is there any way you're not going to be? <laughs> As with any job, you get grumpy after a while, but, uh, yeah, yeah life sounds Especially, good. I think, just in music in general. I'm, I'm, I'm more marveled at the longer I'm in it, especially in the label thing. Like, when I meet somebody who's, like, older, especially in their 40s and beyond, that's not jaded. And could be, I'm always like, I'm very impressed by you, <laughs> you know, to make it that far through, still be professional and be like nice and appreciative. Like, like what's gone right for that person? Yeah. <laughs> I think some what? of it though is I've seen some people, some people are, are very lucky and have lived have charmed, but I think other people, there are some people like it's about outlook and like, I think they try to keep their cool and then, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think some people, they get grumpy and then if they're in it long enough, they're able to pull out, switch their perspective somehow and pull out of it and, and kind of lose all that grumpiness, which I think might even come with more time, right? It's like you start out and you're a bright eyed doe and you love it and you're having fun. You're at live music. Fast forward 10 years and, you know, the band that you were in doesn't play anymore so you're not playing any shows and you're just at other people's shows and you're grumpy and then add another 10 years to it and you uh, are loving life for some right. reason yeah I think that middle period is where like people fall off there's a valley yeah. it's like yeah. if you can if you can keep we're going in, i'm in it that. i think we're we're all sort of <laughs> in it yeah <laughs> we're in the middle valley people that, are that people sense. are jumping off yeah. board you and jump in in your early 20s yeah you're, you're new to the music industry Early mid thirties. Now we're early mid thirties. We're in the lull. Yeah, <laughs> just got to stick it out to the to the early mid forties, and those guys are all crushing it. Yeah, happy. I know. God, Family guys. God yeah. willing. Um, yeah. Well, that was good sound talk. <laughs> we're keep, we're all keeping the dream alive. Honestly, we are. that's that's yeah. We all we all are doing dream alive. This us three. <laughs> um, I got a new Mustang bass. Hell yeah. He is a sick Mustang, a vintage Mustang. Oh, we were talking about short scale basses last yes. time you were on. Was that yeah? Oh yeah, is that when you got it? That might have been when I was thinking about getting because I was thinking about getting one for a long time. Bass and talk. I was really like between a Mustang and uh, like a Hofner. Oh the, yeah, the club bass, which is I really like. It's not the Paul McCartney one, but it ha- it's just like a regular guitar body shape with a cutout um sounds very similar but it's got that hollow short scale thing to it yeah and i ended up with this this vintage mustang competition red because for some reason i thought the competition red it's got like a racing stripe on cool. it and yeah it's very cosmetic and makes it more expensive than it needs to be but yeah but uh, I'm sure it's fun. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Sounds great. Feels great. Yeah. So since you you talked about it, we've both jumped in on short scale bases. Yeah. And it's like it's. I think it's the way. It's the way. I mean, it is. It's also the trend. It's so, a trend. It's like so. Here, yeah. You show. Yeah. I'll get. Mine. So I play Reverend guitars. I have an endorsement with them. So I got this Dub King, 
Which is a short-scale semi-hollow. Semi-hollow. So that actually looks a lot like the Hofner club bass. It's a very similar shape. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this cool. is I, the finish I got is the the Lynn Lee signature uh, from, uh, she's the bass player from Bad Cop, Bad Cop. It's like the purple sparkle and gold. I mean, that's a sexy bass. Yeah. That's a good looking. <clears throat> but yeah, the short-scale, it's like, the tone is like so rich. Yeah. It's got a lot of low end. You wouldn't think it does, but it does. And so wow, look at that. Put your hands that's on cool. this one. This is a recreation, I think, of a, I think it's a 66. I like that this neck has got a little more chunk to it. It's got, yours? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like some chunk. Flat wounds are also the... It came with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. They just shipped that with flats on it? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> like, we know what you're going to do with this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll just save you something. I know, I didn't even get that set up or anything. This is, uh, this is very cool. I like that it's got the the older pickups on it. Um, great color too, dude. This yeah, is this Daphne blue. Is that what that is? That's what Daphne. it's called. I didn't know about that color. Um, all it, those all those uh, those chips on it. That's from your years of touring, right? Yes, that is from my years of touring. I went through. That was the. Um, I'm trying to see what year it's modeled off of. I was very. Oh look on the website, it's got the same exact relics. I was like. <laughs> It's got the same. No, it's a mass-produced <laughs> relic, dude. It really that kept me from uh, buying the base for years. And I know I, something because like, I w- you don't like the relic. Well, it's like it's like buying a pair of jeans that already have the holes in them. It's like yeah. there's something you feel like something lame about it, but yep. I mean, it does. They do look better. It, and this um, does look better. And oh, six, it feels good. It's off of sixty-seven. So. Dude, we have okay. I'm glad you have the same theory about relic because I do too. I like really it. It's kind of poser. That's it. Hundred percent is, and I don't think anyone's gonna tell you it's not. Like I know, yeah. But like, but like guitar people, like now, like guitar people who like buy and trade, like they're into the relic thing and like pay extra for it. Oh yeah. But I'm thinking that's more of blues dad territory. Maybe like <laughs> when you're closer to blues dad than you are like playing musician. Absolutely. Okay. It's more. It's more blues that because there are also like boutique guitar makers who are relicking themselves. So they build this beautiful guitar and then they yeah. have to like rub some gravel into well, it. Lucas oh. was telling me that there's multiple types of relicking and like people are relicking pickups and wiring and stuff like <laughs> just to make it sound shittier. Yes, also, yeah. <laughs> like yes, it I'm, looks shittier, but that would also sound shittier. Um. So they just like fray some of the, the I don't coils know. I, or whatever. That's, I think that's true. What do you think, Eric? Has Lucas ever been on the show? He would be. He has not. He has He's not. seen episodes. Maybe we should get him on before he leaves, Eric. He's get him on because he would he would be oh, able. Yeah, to, we got to get him on because he's been like a ghost on the pod because we've talked a lot about him. He'd be able to speak more to this. Uh, I don't like this. No, I might take that off. <laughs> yeah. See, I need that. Oh, it's the, it's awkwardly too far away. I know. Okay, well, the, but it's nice when you're playing the E and the mm-hmm. A. But if you start grabbing for for I go up higher in D and G, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, why? <laughs> if there's anything there, it has to be a B string for me. Oh, right, because you're a five. <laughs> so. For for the listener, we're talking about a we're, ta- we're talking about a, a, a thumb rest block that's that's above the low E string. Search but, for the JMJ Roadworn bass. So this is funny. When I bought my bass, the the way I saw it in the shop had the thumb rest above the E string, the low E string, the way so you can put your thumb on it. Here, let me see. And that kind of sealed the deal for me because I was like, 
most of them are below the G string and they have and it's for like actually resting your two fingers on it and playing the bass with your thumb. Yeah. That's like what that's yeah. for. So when I bought the bass in the shop, it had the thumb rest above the E string, but the pick guard had, they needed to do some work to that. So they were like, so when I saw it, didn't have the pick guard on it. When I came back to buy it, the thumb rest had moved to its original location underneath the G string. And I was so pissed. Like, Wait, how, how, how is it under the G? Oh, it's like up here. It's, it's exactly. It's, yeah. it, that's where it's originally placed because for, Oh, when they were making yeah. when Fender like, and that was like when Fender made their first electric basses like they thought they would convert guitar players so they pictured everyone just playing um, it with their thumb, thumb which is just like thumbing it Jamerson style yeah the the, the one finger yeah I kind of do that for like he, dub he, reggae stuff one, I think he does the point does the one yeah, 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 single the finger yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, like Carol the, the K, real the real dubby yes the real dubby parts yeah. on on the record that I just recorded I I uh, I was like sort of playing like that and I was like nah and I wound up using a pick and palm muting yeah I love pick playing a bass like with a, a pick. thick pick um, like, a, like a jazz pick yeah well so here's what I got to with the relicking but if we can just go yeah, on that let's let's revisit which was I got it and I was like pretty pissed off about it and i was like i can't like paint it but i what i think i've realized where the relicking come comes into play is is that i put it on and i like was looking at my full-length mirror and i was like okay it looks cool on me it's like the right base but i was like i felt i hate the relic but if i stood five and then ten feet back all of a sudden the relicking wasn't as distinguishing and i started to think you know what it looks like is I don't have a brand new bass because brand new basses or brand new guitars are kind of dorky looking. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of, right. So I kind of feel like what they're doing is, is like, if you're on a stage with lights, you won't actually see the relicking, but you'll, the person out there won't think it's a new bass. So I kind of was, that's how I was like, I think that might be the, the rationalization. That's for the, ra- it. I, I think that's also the paint on it is matte. So like on a yeah. stage, it's not going to be like brand new shiny. Yeah. And I think I Which think they could like kind of like meet us in the middle, right? You don't have to like chip the paint off, but you could just make yeah, the paint. They put like, matte. They, do you see this? They put uh, I saw that yeah. where the G rest used to <laughs> be. Yeah, so with that's with it. a <laughs> fake, with fake, yeah, fake, and well, the, and with discoloration on the the pick guard. I mean, that's Which, that's dedication to the bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, apparently, it's, so it's Justin Meldel Johnson. It's his. He's it's his signature bass, and okay. he has okay a, a this bass a '67 Mustang. Is that what he played on uh, the last? He played a, uh, I think he did a, a upright on that, but I think this is what he played on like the Paramore records and M83 and a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he had watched a thing and he was taught. He did like a whole piece that like got Nam, which was which was really fun to watch because he's a total nerd and was just talking about how like there was like tons of people slacking off short scale bases like they were for little kids and like <laughs> and he but he always loved it and then as he started producing records every time he had to cut bass tracks everyone just kept going like what about the Mustang again like the short scale just kind of kept coming back and he was like. Well, we need to bring this back it's and like defend thing, it, man. For sure. Yeah, I like having it available now. Now that I have one, like it's. I mean, it's the only bass I used on this current record I'm recording. But now that I have the choice of that, because for the longest time, I've, the only bass I ever really gigged with, recorded with, was my five string Stingray. I've had it for twenty years. Sounds really cool. But it's got like that 
very mid-rangey growly kind of yeah. it's just the one bridge humbucker the, on it the gospel sound right that's like what the well i like got big, it big well, on church church gigs i got it when i was 15 because of flea oh right and then it, then it was like kind of we played in a, a punk band in college and it was kind of when you when you put your pick on it and a hot amp it sounded like a perfect mid-rangey roger from less than jake roger from less than jake kind of tone yeah which was nice but like after only playing that kind of tone for yeah. like 20 years i was like i need another like yeah. option yeah yeah so i got so i, I did a, obviously a big fender i have a jazz master that i'm putting new pickups in right now too i'm very excited about that I still got to put my uh, my Strat pickups in uh, that old Epiphone. I have an Epiphone Strat copy from the 80s that is actually like a pretty decent build. But the electronics are just shit. So I need to like put in like real Fender Strat pickups. It's a, it's a new Epiphone of a, or is it an 80s? No, it's so, from the 80s. It's from the 80s. Like when says, Epiphone was cool. When it was like, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And, and they have, and, and super strats were like the fucking thing. Right. So yeah. like Epiphone's like, yeah, we'll make a strat too. Like, <laughs> nice. Second. But yeah, the, uh, the electronics were garbage, but I mean, it's as old as I am and like the neck is still pretty good and I just got to put, I just got to replace all the, all the, you know, the expensive parts. <laughs> you do that yourself. I'm going to try. It's going to be my, my project guitar. I like that. I, uh, I had one too. And then I stripped all the, screws that were in the pick enclosure trying to take it out and now mm. it's now I can't get that pickup out oh dang yeah people are texting me off the wazoo about work <laughs> god damn I'm not gonna look at it again until we're hey done. everyone go to racket on Tuesday oh yeah this well, episode will definitely not new Portugal the man album coming out um on oh. June 23rd, and then they're playing Radio City Musical on the 27th. Buy tickets. You can buy tickets for that. Racket sold out. Oh, yeah. This Racket, the old Highline Ballroom, that yeah. place. Oh, man. When's that show? Next Tuesday. Wow. If you want to come. Like, are they, it's just, that's just like an underplay album release thing? Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think I can go back into that room. That was <laughs> oh, my, you worked That there. was my first house gig before Brooklyn Bowl oh, was okay. Highline Ballroom. Yeah, they've resurrected it. Now it's Racket. God. Um, yeah. Should have burned that place down. <laughs> It's uh, it's it's Bowery presents now, and it looks kind of like a Bowery venue, but it's also the High Line. Take this. Out, I heard it but looks I think, exactly the same yeah. as the High Line. They yeah. like barely. They took out the booths. Like, remember they had booths, and you could yeah, buy like overpriced slimy, black leather yeah. Yeah, club yeah, yeah. meatpacking district. They took like, that out. Did they take out like the uh, color light walls? I know that was like a mm-hmm. big cool thing. That was just so mm-hmm. stupid. It, they made they made it look sort of like a, like, um, like. Never rough trade or Brooklyn Steel, cool. where it's yeah. just sort of no frills. Just a room. Just a room. Yeah. Spill beer on the floor type of place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Is there anything else we need to, to cover in the sound music world before we just talk about the namesake of the podcast? Um, uh, when is J Red playing? Like, oh, Pier next? 17? J Red's playing Pier 17. Before that, they're playing like Peach Festival out in Scranton. Oh, yeah. Which I am not doing. Um, but I will be doing Pier 17, which I've never been to. Um, so it's, it's cool. Excited to. If it's a good night, it's kind of beautiful. But if it rains, it sucks. Yeah. Outdoor <laughs> venues. Baby. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. That's a that's a big week. Yeah, you're you're gonna come to Racket, Eric. I'm yeah. gonna be running around 
Like a madman. I'm going to be eating free Taco Bell. Yeah. Okay. And enjoying the shit out of Ports Gold Man. Can, have we gotten a hold of their input list yet? I want to see it. Oh, yeah. That's a sound. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to guess it's the full 48 channel. <laughs> see, everyone guesses that. Yeah. Well, let's bring There's this... a lot of playback, I feel like, involved. <laughs> There's no playback. There's no playback. There's definitely like samples in a keyboard loaded up somewhere. I would love, Maybe not playback, but I like, would love to, to point you... <laughs> To, this is some part. This is some Portugal the Man Lord. Okay, this is amazing because like both Sean and I like said the exact same thing. Really? Is, yes. Forty eight channels. It's the full forty. And and like and you need you, you're gonna need like six computers for playback and yeah. shit. Like yeah. 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 Like, the results are in. Maybe but, playback's the wrong word. But well, it's, no, no, no. Yeah. well, the thing is, I, uh, you know, most bands have playback now. Like almost all bands on a, a major label have playback and music directors and the whole right. nine. Right. I. Yeah, and even if it's like minimal, just like having people on a click in their ears and just like having it all there. Yeah. 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 I mean, there could be a click. I don't know. But this is this is how they they played the American Music Awards when they were on their hit. And they they made they made a whole big deal about it. As you can see, no computers. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I know they have a guy. So the the video content is not linked up to any click because there's a homie who's back there. There's a homie who's just live and he's not is the he, lighting guy is he doing liquid lights they i'm sure or is they, that a they recording licensed either. drippy eye they bought drippy eye projections and then bring it with them <laughs> <laughs> so they do like liquid light shows because you couldn't do an actual liquid light show but then they're able to like mix the liquid light in with all this other shit happening so it's like recording of liquid light yeah, yeah. um but anyway it's funny because then the comments will be like some people love it. Some people hate it. They're like, well, you, you know, the, and this is where there's a lot of inputs because the, the, the keyboard man up here has like eight keyboards in keyboard world. Which, <laughs> yeah, no, pu- no pushing buttons to change your patch. Switch the fucking instrument. <laughs> right. And then people were like, your your guitar pedals have microchips in them. Yeah. Your, your synthesizers <laughs> have microchips. Those are computers. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a lot of people like pissed off when they did that, which was pretty funny. <laughs> Um, that's great though. That's that's amazing. Uh, I'm I'm happy that they did that and that it, that it elicited that kind of response. Yeah, go um, go you people on the internet who are uh, splitting those hairs because <laughs> yes, there are computers involved in every aspect of everything we do for, for the rest of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. so initial oh. comment: forty eight channels plus lots of playback. Tell them what it really is. I don't want to say I, I don't I feel like that could be confidential information. <laughs> okay. Can well, I say what it what it could be feasibly at its minimum? Well, it, it, this shit there's not an orchestra and like okay. horn section. So, so how many people are in the band? 9. There's 9 people in the band. <laughs> at the very minimum, 32 channels, but it can't go any less than that. Yeah. Way up. Um and so is it somewhere between 48 and 32 or or you could uh, yeah, so you could get to maybe, 56, maybe. you can get to, I mean, I think. And I, I think yeah. uh, we want to get um, Eric from the band on because he's a diehard adventure time guy. Um, I just don't know if we'll have time uh, on this gig because it's so insane. Yeah. They're kind of off on Monday, fully off. I'm going to be in D.C. recording food um, uh, damn. from Kill Lincoln on, on Monday. Monday. Yeah. yeah. I'm texting with their manager right now. Um, so over hundred channels? No, 
So is it? I feel like so two desks <laughs> together is ninety six channels. It's. I think they're on one desk. We'll see. One desk, right? With like some. <laughs> see, Sean. Yeah, uh, yeah Eric loved this. <laughs> I think there's like sixty four to seventy. Okay. There's two drummers and this new band, trombone. Yeah. What keyboard what consoles okay. are they using? I don't I feel know. Like man. Most of the consoles come early? can handle. <laughs> yeah, just bug all their engineers. <laughs> hey guys, you got Dante on this thing. <laughs> I'm friends with Nick. <laughs> just punishing them yeah. about the gear. It's okay. I know Nick. I know Nick. So uh, yeah, that'd be hilarious. I want to see the split that they're using too. That ever get figured out? Yeah, we're gonna record the show, but it's a. They said that they have from their console because they're not traveling with it because it's a fly gig. Um, but they were able to bring in chips and multi-track with a uh, a disc from their channel, and it's compatible. You mean onto an SD card from their console? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we don't have to rent a thing. Yeah, I mean that's the. That's the, how people do every night. Yeah. Then they record every night. Yeah. Um. I mean, it doesn't. Uh, well, I guess if they're if they're doing on both consoles, then that allows them redundancy. Yeah. I want to okay. know what consoles they use, though. Well, we'll 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 figure it all out. Yeah. We'll see it all. And they're not touring with consoles. Well, no, no, this they're not on tour. They're not on tour, so they're re- they're just renting. But I gotta rent. Yeah, they're playing Bonnaroo. The first gig with this uh, on the cycle is. Bonnaroo main stage and then cool. come to Racket and then the album's out and then they're going to do a bunch of big shows. Nice. It'll be fun. I want to get Eric on the pod. He's been down to do it for years since we launched the guitar player. Oh, nice. um, oh, yeah. We're supposed to do one of the, uh, Dungeon Train with him. Yes. So one day we will do it. Maybe in July. Um, Sean is texting us right now. What about sound? Uh, he's texting a fucking ska meme. <laughs> No, but it's it's not just that. It's Ska Twin Peaks. That's why he sent it. Okay. The internet is great at uh, combining two very niche interests. One yeah. of them is often Twin Peaks. Um, yeah. And, and making a full meme account about it. Are you a Twin Peaks guy? I'm not. I've probably watched the pilot like three or four times and once the lady screams I'm like I don't know if I can uh, watch the rest of it but I know it's like I'm, I, I need to get into it I, I know that struggle I watched season one uh, in like 2016 I think in between tours and I just I fell off because I went back on out on the road and I haven't gotten any further since then I do appreciate the uh, the soundtrack vibe and, yeah and yeah Hey, we'll still describe things as Twin Peaks. If you like the, uh, that the Twin Peaks soundtrack, play that David Lynch theme song. Oh yes. <laughs> that one we'll drop that one in. <laughs> it's nice and weird um yeah i'm well documented we want to do i love all lynch and twin peaks we want to do a uh 
David Lynch special at some point, but it's scheduling has been tough. All, all the guests we need. Yeah. Yeah. We'll make it happen eventually. Yeah. There's another nice tease. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about adventure. Time. <laughs> Episode discussion. All right. We watched season five, episode 29 sky, Witch. okay, mm-hmm. this is not Maja, the sky, Witch's first appearance, but it is, is the self-titled episode <laughs> like an album. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, like did, did she show up before? Like the episode where she gets Hambo, is that, did that happen on camera or is that yet? Just so from an earlier episode, I don't remember. That's where, um, so that's, is it, it's, it's, it's a flashback to Simon and Marcy, right? Uh, what? It's a, is that in Simon and Marcy where she has Hambo? Yeah. But uh, Hambo shows up in lots of episodes. Marcy's. I know. I'm just trying to think like, do we see her acquire Hambo or does she just have it from back then? And we know, and then we just know about Hambo. I think we just know about him. I think maybe we don't learn how she gets him. I think who Simon gives yeah, her handle. So. I don't remember. Pretty what season is Simon and Marcy from? Uh, I think season two. No, it's way later. Season five, episode 14. So right around here. Okay. So like, yeah, like 15 episodes prior, we, we see Hambo. You know, Marcy flashback. Okay. Right. And then that kind of sets up this episode. So we don't see Maja taking Hambo or Ash taking Hambo and selling it to Maja. Yeah. That does, that never happens in, a, in an on-screen episode. Well, here it says, she left her since she was a child. She replaced the left eye while she was sewing it. I'm hearing, Ash sold it to Maja. Yeah. I don't think we ever saw that. How does that fact make it into this wiki then? If if it's not on screen, is there like some? It was like inferred in this episode. Yeah, it's just, inferred. Okay, they yeah. just talked about it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't. Yeah, I couldn't tell if they because we don't watch the show, and or I couldn't tell if they were referring to a specific thing that happened that we saw, or they were just like filling in context us. for us. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, let me clue you in, listeners. Basically, <laughs> the way it worked was <laughs> clue you in. Yeah. Um, okay. So here's the episode is that um, Marceline comes to PB and is like, I want to go to, I found the sky, which is we have to go now. I really, 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 really want to go. They go and then it's revealed that they're there to retrieve Hambo from the sky, Witch. and Hambo is the prize stuffed animal that Marceline had ever since she was a little child. It's kind of like the keepsake from this really fucked up time where she was on her own with Simon and has a lot of sentimental value that the sky witch wants for some purposes. I couldn't really tell. What was it like the sky witch like likes sentimental things for her like potion thing? Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just the potion ingredient, something of sentimental value she can use in spells and stuff. Yeah. Um sentimental freshness, I think is what she calls it when yeah. she finally uh at the end of the episode there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, and, but you know, there actually is like a nice full circle in this one because a lot of times the show starts in insanity and then it slowly falls into plot. This time it opens with giving us a key ingredient that comes back later to finish the episode, That's right. uh, which is nice. So it, it comes out 
at uh, Princess Bubblegum sleeping in a shirt and looks like depressed or am I making that up? Or she's just tired? Uh, I guess she seems tired. What did she do before this episode? Like what was the last, what was the episode before this? Yeah. Um, okay. Like, so why is PB so tired? Why? Yeah. There's, there's probably some context there. They usually don't do things for at no this, reason. Especially at this, at this point. point in the series. Yeah. Oh, B more was the one before this. Okay. Uh, and then Jake suit was before that. Okay. No. Wizards only. She's not in these ones. Candy streets. Another Grables. I don't know. So it's not. Yeah. I don't know. But, um, the shirt, Eric, do you want to close in the shirt that she's wearing? Uh, the shirt, it's like, what is it called? It has a name. Rock shirt. The rock shirt, yeah. It's got the marshmallows and a snake. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the kind of shirt you buy at a rock concert at the merch table. <laughs> yeah. That's what they're going for. Um, yeah. So Marceline gave it to Princess Bubblegum as a gift. Like, and that happens off camera in a faraway time that we never see during the series. However... We do see it, oh, in Obsidian. Oh, okay. Which, which we haven't we done. Should wa- wa- we keep saying we're going to do that for Pride Month. It's Pride Month. Happy Pride, everyone. Um, when are we going to do this podcast next? Let's oh, do that one. Know. Okay. <laughs> I hope, hope it's before the month's over. Um, but yeah. Um, so where are we? Do you know where we're at in the relationship dynamic that we know as, as um, viewers with Marceline and Bubblegum? It's been two seasons since uh, what was missing. Yeah. And since Which, then, I think they're really back since the backlash. I think they kind of backed off on like so there was, dropping too was, many hints. Was there backlash from conservative folk? Yeah. Okay. And like there was censorship and stuff and like. Oh, really? They And then, and then I think remember um, somebody got fired for that episode. Oh, really? Remember because, um, like it was always just implied that PB and Marceline had a romantic history, but like it never, uh, nobody ever like said it was canon. But then like some guy at Frederator, like said yes, and it, it, like oh he he no no I, he greenlit an episode analysis recap of someone that someone else made to air, and on that recap it was like saying that they did have a relationship and because like it aired as part of like a Frederator thing. And this, this one guy said it was okay to, to say that then he got the ax. Remember he's a, uh, I forget his name. Queer icon. Whoa. So like kind of retroactively Dan assigning Rickmers. some. Yes. We never followed up with him like to find out what happened to him afterwards. He's a, Oh, he's a game designer. It looks like, well, maybe to tell if it's the same guy yeah he lost his job because he basically said okay yes like pb and marcy were romantically involved wow in like a semi-official context um so yeah i think in the following years they kind of took it easy on that on that storyline got it man times have changed in a better way yeah because that would not happen now so this might be like the first time in a while that we sort of get another hint at there being a past between these two characters and it's 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 very subtle they don't like they don't say anything about it and like you only sort of like figure out like why like you you have to think like why does this shirt have sentimental value why was she wearing it at the beginning of the episode like you have to like 
go a few steps further in order to get there. And it's not super difficult, but like it's not in the episode. Like you have yeah, to yeah. you have to extrapolate. Yeah, I have to know. And did like, you, did you pick it up? I I didn't pick it up, but there like I well as a not like having watched everything all the way through. I think that was the first time I had seen PB and Marcy like actually being friends. Like I always knew Marcy as like Jake's friend and also yeah. PB, but never like together. And also like this is the first episode I've seen where Jake and Finn are just not in it, except yeah. at the beginning when they die. I uh, I, I noticed that they did not have lines. Uh, probably yeah. they're like oh, Finn and Jake aren't going to be important in this episode, so let's not pay the voice actors. Yeah. <laughs> they put them on screen, but like Finn just like like looks menacing and smashes his fist um but they don't actually have to say anything and pay jeremy shadda and john dimaggio (laughs) yeah they were not on the call for this episode but you know the way pb and marcy are like treating each other when like marcy comes in and like asks pb to like come on this thing it's like oh okay these two have like either a very close friendship that's now developed developed and they can ask each other these favors to do yeah um, but I did not pick up that there was anything romantic between them. Yeah. At this point, it's probably like hundreds of years since they've been a couple. Wasn't, isn't, isn't the whole like, will they, won't they PB and Jake anyway, or no, no PB and Finn that peters out in like season right. Finn. Yeah. four. Okay. Yeah. So ba- it's mostly, it's very one-sided. It's, it's extremely, we, we talked about that and it's kind of one of the, we've 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 talked about maybe one of the stronger points of the show is that that is such a trope that they started with and they like very quickly are having fun with it and then let it die out and she off and then Finn is a jerk and is really like an immature teenager about <laughs> it he has to process it um it, it, i it's and which are some difficult episodes but it felt right eric like you said it, it felt true we're very glad they could have easily drawn that out for the whole series and and just immediately move right past it <laughs> yeah yeah i mean um yeah and then going to this which is much more nuanced and interesting totally um and Finn has his other exploits but yeah i mean i mean there's some really good moments um in it there's i mean yeah this whole thing in the beginning uh, with the gumball guard and sleep gas is weird why um, did so what were they doing why did they s- say that uh, they had to up their defense systems what was the reason for that and and i quote recent data shows increased threats to the candy kingdom <laughs> that's all it was which i which i really liked <laughs> yeah because like someone's collecting data about the threats it's, it's enough. like um yeah, yeah it, it, it's obviously just princess bubblegum like she's just quoting her own like peer-reviewed you know, peer reviewed with air quotes, like publication, like you know, this is the data that like I collected and I reviewed and I'm giving to you now. <laughs> yes. She's like the ruler and probably runs the newspaper <laughs> and is the scientist and is everything. So, um, but yeah, then they, they go and I mean, an interesting thing is so they go on this journey and they find where the sky, Witch is, and they have to like go into the, like past this like big tree thing and brings you into this whole world. And as she's going, I don't know if, have we ever seen this, Eric? PB has this like vision where she gets really focused and everything's red and things are, it's like infrared vision almost. <laughs> Wasn't that interesting? It was kind of funny. Yeah. It was, it was a fun way to portray like her thought process. Um, Cause it, it was sort of arbitrary in a way. 
but it was just like here let's see this through pv's eyes for a second and like watch how she analyzes things yeah and it really wasn't that consequential but it's funny that like there is a process like something's happening there was a lot about like something happening in pb's brain right it's like not like quite jedi but what she's talking about like how to <laughs> fight against the the gas from the candy right she's like you got to turn your mind into a fist and punch against the gas and you see her close <laughs> her eyes and focus on something and then she does it again where she has to like uh you know penetrate whatever like spell that is to get into that scary forest for the sky witch and she's like you just gotta like close your eyes and and be passive and bring yourself to a a happy place essentially and like marcy isn't able to do it at first and then pb offers her a nice warm cup of chamomile and she's able to do it (laughs) um but yeah that seemed like somewhat of a theme that's like you know she did like there's also like a puzzle that she solves when she's in the castle that's very much just like a uh, a video game level where she like scans the room is doing stuff in that infrared like whatever i don't know yeah it's uh so i think later on down the line uh marceline finds out that pb gave up the rock shirt and marceline gets really mad at pb about it um and and does pb say i did it for hambo yeah <clears throat> but the um just the uh, sort of what's on this, like the character traits that are on display about PB for this episode are like, yeah, she's like very into like using her intellect to accomplish tasks, uh, but she is still capable of like true emotion and sentimentality. However, she's just like consciously trying or con- she's able to slip into those moments of emotionality where, where you need to relax and be passive to get through the uh, the hedges the magical like that they're uh, like a, a brick wall otherwise and she can just sort of switch it on which is like an intellectual process for her and it, that's part of the disconnect between these two characters is like why their relationship con- you know constantly puts them at odds with each other is that Marceline is much more rash and much more in the moment and emotional uh, in like a, an immediate sense whereas PB approaches her emotions as like part of her intellect yeah um and that frustrates marceline and <clears throat> this whole episode is we see it pb acknowledging that she can have you know be emotional and sentimental but it's 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 not what she values about her intellect so that comes to a head i don't know what the next episode that they actually talk about this is but um there is like a some sort of fight between the two characters over this incident mm. and it's just sort of a synecdoche of their relationship i guess uh, it's like this sort of interaction between the two of them is representative of ha- how their two personalities are constantly clashing. Yeah. Yeah. Well summarized. That's, yeah. that's, that's at the heart of this episode. And it's a cool way to show that because there it's, it's not an episode. I feel like it's a great, it's good writing because it's not an episode where they explicitly like are arguing over that or say that outright rather they're working towards a common goal and it's displayed. Yes. Which is just so much better. Right. Don't tell me, show me. It's yeah. like, yeah. yeah, this episode was uh, really fun because like it felt like you were going to all these weird places with these characters and they were like on a mission. They weren't really stopping to have much of a conversation at any point in the episode. They were all just sort of like on the ride. Yeah. Definitely a different feel from earlier seasons. Yeah. 
Yeah. Definitely. It's the show's really developing. Um, some other things I just want to talk about. There's a laugh in there where, um, her, th- something on her, like her wrist, uh, thermometer is going babies, which was a really good <laughs> thing for going berserk. Um, there was a weird animation moment when running through the forest. Oh yeah. The, the random C- CGI shot. Yeah. And I did notice. So like uh, something we've picked up on every now and then is like, you know, when characters move side to side, it's like easy to show that on a, on a background that's been pre-rendered. Um, <clears throat> but when they move towards the camera or away from the camera, the background has to be animated also. And there was a shot of PB running at the camera with trees like on either side, like, you know, moving that was clearly drawn. And then there's the other shot where she's running away from the camera and the camera's following. That's clearly CGI. And it's like, who's picking and choosing these moments? Like what's, where does that break down? Like, Oh, it's more cost effective to do these four seconds on a computer or whatever. Like it, it it totally sticks out to me every time I see it. Yeah, I know. It, it really. This one was pretty obvious. Do you yeah. think it has to be a, a cost thing, or do you think it's like maybe it's a time thing, or like you know how like Finn Ren and Stimpy, there would be like little flashes of like just like a different style of animation. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. is it? Is, you think it's like a stylistic choice? I don't think it's that. Yeah. I mean, I I don't either. I just yeah. I think no. it's a budget thing. <laughs> yeah, it might be. Um, all right. There's also there's the um, crow that morphs into a person with a six pack because being buff is always funny. Um, it is right. Yeah, I always they always draw buff people in these and I always laugh. Yeah, his um, voice was really funny too. Yeah, Just and like, he was a crow rabbit. Um, a crow rabbit with us with a six pack. Yeah, full arms and legs. Yeah, and I had some other observations I want to save for Miscellaneous Mania, but first I want to ask if you guys saw the snail. Uh, no, I did not see the snail. Nick, did you see the snail? No, I didn't. Aaron, did you see, did you see the snail? I wasn't looking out for the snail. No, I didn't didn't see it. All right. Fuck us. I I bit my tongue yesterday and I've been like, I'm talking right now for the first time without like a list, but I keep fumbling my words because I'm like a bit over the side. Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. Yeah. That's why why you didn't see the snail. You're making excuses. Yeah. I was just thinking about my tongue. (laughs) Cool. It's uh, (laughs) Uh, plug time if you like his uh, show just give us five stars on whatever app please follow us on whatever you're listening to to get the new episodes that would help us uh, tell a friend and uh, I don't know kiss your dog um, let's do miscellaneous media <laughs> okay. can I just say okay it's great dog season in Brooklyn right now everyone's got their dogs walking uh, all over yeah the weather's so nice and one of the cutest things I love to see is when a dog is too tired and the owner has to carry the dog in the middle of the walk. It doesn't matter what size the dog is. Just seeing a dog being carried down the block in Brooklyn always makes me happy. It's so funny. <laughs> I've never had a dog that got tired like that. Is it an old dog thing? I don't know. It was yeah. Just, Small it's dog. too hot or whatever. They, yeah. just, they just say no. <laughs> I love seeing when dogs just lay down in the middle of like a crosswalk or something <laughs> and like, they're they're just not getting up, but I I I do agree. I like if someone's car- especially when it's a big dog. I think it's funnier when it's a big dog. <laughs> yeah. You're just like someone carrying a golden retriever, like it's their, <laughs> you know, three year old toddler or something. Yeah, um, that's always funny. 
Okay, time for Miscellany Mania. Yeah. All right. Oh, that wasn't it? <laughs> that wasn't part of it? <laughs> There's things you may not know Eric and Nick will show you All the trivia and Miscellany Okay. Um, that was somewhat miscellaneous. It was. It really was. It could fit in here. Okay, so I did want to say, I asked who's, who wrote and storyboarded this because as we were watching it, I mean, Aaron, we've watched enough now to like identify some feelings and our like our favorite one's Jesse Moynihan. And towards the end of the episode, I would say the last like minute and a half when he they meet the Sky Witch, the Sky Witch is saying crazy shit and like, and then when the crow guy is like I want to be a dancer and she's like <laughs> dance and then he's running away and I was like all right that was really Jesse Moynihan <laughs> right yeah <laughs> I was like okay that is him and yeah uh, him and um Akko Kaswara wrote and storyboarded it um which was which was fun um looking up any other trivia here how many like people are in like rotation I know this is I don't know they uh yeah, it's a good question. A, um, more of a nuts and bolts question here, but I mean, there's maybe like a dozen storyboarders that uh, that do like the bulk of this of the show, um, and then like maybe another like two dozen that come in for shorter runs. Yeah, there's some people who only do a couple. There's people who do like a lot. Some people who are on for the whole series. And it's uh, uh, Pendleton's the guy who's like keeping it all together. Well, he uh, yeah, um, he. Yeah, actually, does not storyboard very many episodes. He was showrunner for the first few seasons and then stepped down. Oh. Actually, yeah, he created it, oh. put together the thing, and was the showrunner. There's a lot of lore. There's a book, and I've listened to some podcasts, and like, basically, they were getting together, but they didn't have a lot of experience. They had like an expert come in and help them that during the first season or so that left. He ran it, and then right, Eric. Eventually, it seemed like he was like, I just don't want to do this. Like, this is too much. Wow. Yeah. So he just voices Lumpy Space Princess, and uh, just. Adam Muto took over as showrunner. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There are a few key episodes that Pendleton Ward storyboarded. Yeah. And I mean, he's involved through. Yeah. They're uh, they are masterful, like special episodes. Um, he did High Strangeness. Oh yeah, my favorite one of my favorite episodes ever. And. Um, well, maybe that's the tattoo I need to get. Right. What's, uh, We're going to get Adventure Time tattoos if you want in, Aaron. <laughs> you don't have to. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. Yeah, you don't have to oh, say yes. I've been blessed twice on the show. I would, <laughs> definitely have the tattoo. I was thinking, I, I have a plan. I, I want to get my Adventure Time tattoo on uh, for, I don't know if I, I can't really say this. I'll say it on my Patreon, but I'll, I have to cut it out here. Um, my solo record is going to be released on... Yeah, that's good. I, I have an I have tattoo idea. I'm between two. Um, one is I want to get something BMO related, um, because we, we watched an episode recently where we were talking about how BMO is programmed for fun to understand fun. Yeah, which is just one of my favorite quotes. So I want to I want to memorialize that. Yeah. Um, and I have a I have a I have a secret one. I'm 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 mulling over that I don't want to tell Eric about yet. <laughs> Do you currently have any tattoos? I have one tattoo. Have oh, yes, he does. Play that cube theme song. 
Unravel the mystery It's a conspiracy It's the cube The cube We have a theme song for his tattoo That's sick <laughs> Yeah, I was contemplating for a long time I never really talked about it on the podcast You talk much. about it constantly <laughs> <laughs> But it's, it was a, it's, a, it's a cube And there's a whole, a whole thing about it um, I, I, I came up with the idea in the early days of the podcast I talked to Eric a bunch about it off air, uh, even though he thinks it was on air. Oh, so so you got the tattoo? Yeah. During, I got it last the sh- year. The recording of it, nice. Yeah, and I talked about it. It's a little high on my thigh, which is a bummer. Um, I think BMO might go. I'm thinking on my leg. It doesn't show with a, a five inch inseam short. A little bit. If I have a four and a half or a short five, it does. That's why I was bummed because all I wear is five inch inseam, and now yeah. it's like kind of covered. The tattoo artist convinced me to move it up from where I wanted it and I was like okay that sounds like a good idea it won't what warp. was the reasoning it'll warp when you're like sitting and shit but uh, it wouldn't yeah. have warped as much as she uh, thought and even if it did I wouldn't have given a shit because <laughs> now it's not visible so it pisses me off it pisses me off constantly and I going into this I said to Eric I was like what if the thing's off what if that and and everyone's always like you just learn to live with it now I'm here <laughs> almost a year on from the tattoo and I'm still pissed about I mean, it when I wear shorts I'm like god fucking damn do you know the, you know the solution to this problem though get another cube Shorter shorts. Oh, shorter shorts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I can do that. You just got to wear shorter shorts, man. Shorter gotta, shorts. Yeah. yeah. Um, any other miscellaneous mania? I'm kind of done, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I see. So, Aaron, since you've been on, I'm, I get tired of miscellaneous mania really fast, and I always want to do a new segment called Down the Rabbit Hole, which Eric hates. <laughs> Because he says it has, it's random and has no value. <laughs> Out of that's my summary of, of his predisposition. But I think it's like one of the best um, uh, segments we've ever come up with. I've ever come up with. <laughs> Do I go down the rabbit hole? Fine, let's go down the rabbit hole. We got a theme song for that too. Down the rabbit hole. Down the rabbit hole. Okay. So going down the rabbit hole means you go to YouTube and then you just type in the name of the episode. Sky, which one word or two? It was two words. You go to you go to YouTube. You type. Oh, in, wait. Sorry. I'm reading Miscellaneous Mania. Okay. This is important. Okay. <laughs> we do know that that shirt was given to her by Marceline. Yeah. From the episode, what was missing? Yeah. Oh, I've read that and didn't say it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, not good podcasting if you don't talk <laughs> but out we, loud. But we see the thing actually happen in Obsidian. Okay, cool. All right, all right. Now, okay, sorry for interrupting. Yeah, it's okay. That is more, way more important. <laughs> okay, now down to the rabbit hole. So uh, what you do, Aaron, that I devise is, is you go to YouTube and you just type in the title of the episode, Skywitch, and then you just see what comes back at you. Now this is a, this is a bummer one because it's just a lot of adventure time. Okay, but here's where you start to go good. Learning real witchcraft in an enchanted castle for a week. Um, oh, fuck. Um, and if you just start going, you try to find something not adventure time related. Yeah, it gets okay. Here, this is a good one. Um, real Mexican flying witch Monterey caught on tape long version HD. I mean, um, this is an HD video of a witch. Oh, look at that, Eric. What is that? A real witch? It's a real witch. Good thing it's the long version, too. I didn't want to see that short version. Look, it's flying. 
It's fully a witch. Meanwhile, this video is very grainy. It's only in Whoa! silhouettes. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> There's footage of a witch here on YouTube, guys. It's real. She could be ziplining. By the way, I uh, I I did finally find um, Gudarowski's The Way of the Tarot. I bought uh-huh. that book. Oh wow, you dude, I love it. I haven't started reading it. It's thick. It's dense. Um, Are you thinking about? pulling tarot cards or being a, a reader of some kind or are you just interested in general i'm just interested that? in it um i like the art behind it and um i'm not so concerned with divination as i am with yodorowsky's take on it and that it's sort of it's less about fortune telling than it is about sort of like revealing the true nature of like you know your soul i guess yeah mm. um it is pretty cool i always thought so I have a friend who uh, who pulls tarot cards, does did tarot card reading for a while, and I always thought it was more right adjacent to like astrology and fortune telling, and um, but it's pretty separate from all of that. Yeah, um, and it's kind of like you get out of it what you uh, put in, sort of thing. Um, but I have a very elementary knowledge of uh, what it is. Yeah, I have an appreciation for spooky stuff and witchcraft and mysticism, but I'm not uh, like a devout practitioner. And tarot, I'm still very new to. So if there is an entry point for me, I think it's Alejandro Jodorowsky's book on it. Nice. He's a fucking weirdo. Yeah, I love him. I'm reading his other, his novel right now. Yeah. It's, oh my God. It's, we'll have to talk about that. I read, <laughs> he did these two cult, like, um, um, El Topo and the um, fucking what the fuck is it? the the, mat, the mountain Holy Mountain the Holy Mountain. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> um, I'm like, oh yeah, what's one of my favorite movies? The, the Holy Mountain. Uh, yeah, dude, it was like the first midnight movie. El Topo was like the first like midnight movie where it was so weird they could only play at midnight and it got a cult following. And some of them were included John Lennon, who Whoa. decided he wanted to bankroll his next movie and gave him an absurd amount of money in like the late '60s uh, through Apple or Abco or whatever. And just said, do whatever you want. And he got, he sure did. And it's like a (laughs) real masterpiece of weirdo theater. That's like incredibly special. But then the guy's so weird. He got into a fight. Whoever was like running the Beatles, like Abco, I think it was like by the end of it, despised Yodorowsky. And after it came out, he torpedoed it and you couldn't find it for decades. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Um, that's like part of the lore. Um, so then it was like more elusive to find and it's so crazy. You got to watch it. Yeah. Get high and watch that oh. sometime. Um, cool. Um, let's, let's figure out our next episode. What are we going to watch next week? What are we going to watch? Let's go! It's the episode. Welcome to the Holy Mountain. Dude. Let me just pull up some of the whole every it's a wild story at 71 it came out 73 it every frame of it is like a painting like the visual richness of it is just a fucking painting you might have seen people have ripped it off a lot this is from it this is from it very influential on uh, Jesse Moynihan yeah so we see we see a lot of that shit like that's basically magic man oh right (laughs) (laughs) i never thought about that it's the same hat right yeah 
Oh, dude, Magic Man. <laughs> Holy shit. I haven't thought about him in a while. <laughs> that guy's wild. Have you, ever met, you haven't seen Magic Man, right? I don't think so. Dude, he's he's something. You got a lot more Adventure Time to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fine. Yo, your internet not really working, Nick. Why, I'm not connected to your Wi-Fi. Oh, why? Because it's broken. Isn't like it? Isn't it always? What's your What's your Wi-Fi? There he is. Um, here, let me just generate it. Well, did we decide? <laughs> did we decide we're? Go- <laughs> this is not who I was picturing. <laughs> Did we decide we were going to watch Obsidian next week? We're going to try. Or, I might not be around. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's a good idea. It's too long. Yeah. We barely have time to do the show. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, I'm. Every time I see Magic, I can't believe he was allowed to do Magic Man. <laughs> He's so crazy. Want me to just pick one? I got two seventy-one. Okay. That is. Here nope. You. That's not it. Ricardio the Heart Guy. <laughs> Have you seen that one? Yeah. No. Isn't that a good one? I, we're never going to do this episode. <laughs> Eric hates Ricardio for some reason. What is it? 217? 271. 271. Wow. Ricardio's like, it's a, I, it's a joke that I like, but it's a little groany, if you know what I mean. Like, Ricardio, yeah. Like, I really think that's funny, but yeah. I could see if people, other people oh, didn't. I hate that the was character. Funny. He's so fucking creepy. <laughs> Oh, I hate him too. It's just that he looks so wild. <laughs> There's something about him. Oh, I. <laughs> you see what I did? I just Google the name of the episode is 17, so I just Googled 17. For just, just, just get some sleep. Reflexively, yeah. I'm really tired. Um, okay, this is season 10, episode five. I don't think we've done this. No, it's Mister- towards the end of the show. We've never done season 10. I don't think. Yeah, we have. We've done a couple. <laughs> <laughs> I just say things. Um, a mysterious night crashes Finn's birthday bash and prevents him, presents him with a dangerous. Oh gift. yeah! Oh, this is Finn's seventeenth birthday. Oh, sweet! He really grows up in this show. It is. How old is he when it, when it starts? Thirteen? I don't know. I'm not looking it up. <laughs> show takes place over four years, four plus years. Oh, is that how it works? God, he so much happens. Finn. They have his birth date in here. Oh, he's age 12. 12. So the show is five years long. Yeah. And it took 10 years in real world time. Yeah. Cool. All right. We've got an episode. Uh, Aaron, thanks for coming on the pod. Fellas, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I think this was even better than your last step. I bet next time we'll be even better. If you we'll do, be even better. If you do want to get a tattoo, we're going to do Do you have a tattoo? I don't have any tattoos, but I mean... If you want, yeah. if you want to join, yeah. you're, you're welcome to. I think our friend Craig is going to do it too. Can't think of a better first tattoo to get. Yeah, I've got right. No, I can't either. <laughs> I really want this BMO tattoo. Like I've been thinking about it a lot recently, but I've got this other idea. Get them all. <laughs> what is all. it? I can't tell you. You have to. No. You're not going to get it if you don't tell me. Because that's how I work. <laughs> <laughs> I run all my tattoo ideas past Eric and then he says I don't care just get it <laughs> so I know that's what you're going to say I got to think about if I if I if I 
if I really want to talk about it. I will never tell anyone not to get a tattoo. Yeah, that's that's what you always say. Yeah, that's Although I did run up tattoo idea past you recently, and you said that's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I wanted to get the cover of the Mars Volta's Amputecture oh, yeah. <laughs> along the whole side of my leg, and you were like, "That's really fucked up." <laughs> and I thought you just. And that's, that's different than you saying, of course, just get it. But it didn't tell you not to get it. I know you didn't, <laughs> but that was a different response. Yeah, I mean, go for it. It's, it is super fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've thought about it. I think it'd be really cool, but then I also just wonder if it'd be really aggressive. <laughs> so, <laughs> Ideas. Ideas. Um, cool. All right. Well, uh, bye, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Peace out, y'all. episode at the Commodore in Williamsburg. What up? What up? I just ate a full plate of nachos to myself. Uh, Aaron, peace out. Over here with a bunch of the crew. Yeah, um, some other friends. Adam Cohen is here. He was on episode 7. Episode 7 throwback, baby. That's yeah. over 100 episodes ago. Yeah. Holy shit. I know. It's insane to think about that. Last time I had a full plate of nachos the Commodore. Eric was here for my birthday. Um, that three months ago feels like an eternity ago. Oh my god, I've lived so much life in the last three months. Yeah. I moved into my van. I started working more than full time at Brooklyn Bowl. Yeah. My hair went gray. Uh, I'm, I'm losing a grit. Uh, yeah, we're doing it. My my, uh, my goatee is getting a little bit gray. Guest from episode we're, seven. We're oh, nice. All right. Oh, uh, man. What, wait, hold on. What time is it? No, it's adventure time. Oh, you guys like that your fucking clocks? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. I thought it was going to be a time pun. No, 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 no. It wasn't. No. Yeah. Good job. That's it. That's all I got. Okay. <laughs> This is probably going to be unlistenable. Yeah, but uh, hopefully not. All right. Look at this. Look at that sausage waveform. It's too loud. Yeah. All right. That was the worst bonus clip ever. Woo!